Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rough Housing Podcast. I'm Justin Rourke. This is John Martin. What up, John Martin? Um, yeah, and we actually, our, our guest today is Chris Jacobs. Uh, say hi, Chris. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Chris is a, a mastermind of numbers and real estate statistics. We will get into that in a little bit. But um, as we grow this thing, um, we really want you guys to like our, our channel, subscribe, press the like button, share this with your friends. We really want this thing to grow some legs so that we can keep coming at you and entertain you. Hit that notification bell for when new content comes out. Um, also, uh, Chris is with the Housing Report. Housing Report. It's hot, and it looked like Housing Report was a brokerage and a show, oh, or we are, what's the we are not, Well, it originally started as my blog okay. for my real estate practice, and we are in the process. Um, we, you'll be the first to know here, we are setting up a brokerage. And oh, nice. we are setting up a brand. Um, Who is we? I have some partners outside of the real estate spectrum nice. that have come in. Mm -hmm. So we've got some technology people behind us. We've moved into deeper analytics and analysis. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of the, the brokerage side of it. I've hired a data analyst now that oh, is wow. helping me in doing the analytics. And we've actually gotten nationwide APIs on data. So we'll be covering about 185 markets. I am Damn. terribly jealous right now. You so, said the magic word, data, data analytics. Data, data, yeah, 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 exactly. RIP <laughs> So we will be a brokerage firm where the LLC was created. We're going through the Articles of Corporation so that we can hire a staff broker. Mm -hmm. um, where do we go from there? I don't know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I purely want to stick with analytics. Mm -hmm. But to have the brand recognized by the industry, I really need to move into a brokerage firm. Right. Okay. And We'll probably be a non-producing brokerage, but mm -hmm. we'll be members of the boards. We're producing the analytics for and other aspects. That makes sense. What were you doing? What were you doing beforehand? Like, like, how, like were you doing deals under another brokerage? Yeah. So I'll, I'll not be shy. I'm with All City Real Estate. Okay. Nice. I'm Wonderful. with uh, Kevin Scanlon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Known Kevin for. God, I've been broker. We were talking about this. I've been brokerage now seventeen years, sixteen and a half years. Hmm. And Kevin and I have been friends for 14. He's been my broker for the last 10 years. Damn. I've and heard nothing but good things. I've heard, he's, I've heard he's a great guy. I mean, I remember when he came out with his platform uh, on how he charges agents. And, you know, it's a yeah. thing. And I was like, you know, that, you know, that'll take off. And if you get the numbers for it. Well, in his model, I love his model. Because let's just be honest. You guys have been doing this for a long time. Yes. Now. Your, your guidance you need from your brokerage wanes with time you just oh, yeah. it, it, I, I know what i need i love linda ramsey downstairs she's walking encyclopedia mm -hmm. of knowledge in real estate mm -hmm. but i'm also at the point now where i'm like i don't need somebody to tell me how to fill out an option period i don't need mm -hmm. those things and kevin offers us those autonomous activities in real estate where a traditional brokerage where i had come from it'd be here's the micromanaging and things mm -hmm. like that and i'm like i don't need somebody to tell me i i miss putting the number of days in uh, the protection period on a listing agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't care yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the listing agreement's terminated. Who cares? Exactly. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not chasing no after. Yeah, yeah. If if it if it didn't if it didn't come about, what did you? It's a relationship. Piece, chasing. Man. I'll, I'm I'll a relationship. I don't based. want someone to have to be contractually obligated to work with me. You know, like I tell everybody, if you don't like me, just tell me. Exactly. I'm okay. We're done. We just terminate. Yeah, we walk away. If you something that you don't like, tell me. Tell me. We're done. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's something I think this industry lacks. Yeah, agreed. Is the you know the managing and this is my opinion in real estate guys please Brent. it's it's managing interpersonal relationships absolutely 
it's the 80 percent of it i mean that's all we do is manage those relationships and manage how we communicate with the clients the the, anybody can write our contracts in texas they're free Tell people all the time, it's like, you don't need me to do a contract. Go to Trek. Hey, I'll be able to it's there. It, the yeah. forms are all there for you to use as a consumer. You don't mm-hmm. need a, a uh, real estate agent in the state of Texas because the state gives you everything you need to go do it as a consumer. That's a part of my spiel. I'm usually like, hey, look, anybody can do this, but you're hiring me for for uh, knowledge, expertise, um, navigating scenarios, and just being your, also just kind of being your coach through it. Like, but Absolutely. you can go do it, but there's a reason why you'd, and that's always comes along so with it's like a coach negotiating your commission. It's like a seasoned boxer, right? It's like, you know, they, they could probably box without a coach in their corner, but you want someone that has your back that you know are gonna, is gonna be there when you need them. If you need a tap on their shoulder, they're there in your corner. Right, we're three, four steps ahead yeah, of the process always. before we get into trouble mm-hmm. well and the relationship piece is is one thing that i love about what we do and it's to me it's not I always tell our agents you know this isn't a transactional business to me it's a relationship business yes 100 percent. and i can and that that i think coincides with like your success levels if you treat this thing as just a churn and burn i'm trying to just make a buck off you that's going to fizzle out but if you really do that long term it's not what i'm making today or who i'm t- talking to today it's about what am i going to project for the next 10 years and how am i going to build that snowball that's right to roll down and then the relationship piece navigating that is is a lot of what we do on the day-to-day stuff i mean if you look at the, the life of a client that you have for 10 mm-hmm. years the transactional pieces are little snippets of it. That's right. The mm-hmm. rest is just massaging that relationship and getting to know those people. And if, yeah. if you're good at it, you enjoy that aspect. And that's not work. That's just the byproduct of what we do. That is. That's, so, that's the. I would say that's the art. That's art. That, that, that my my A plus client, my best client I have in my Rolodex. We do coffee every other week on Fridays. Mm. We meet for two three hours, and honestly, we talk shop fifteen minutes. They shoot the shit. We shoot the shit. Yeah. She, they're going out to my vacation house to go stay out there for Thanksgiving for that's, two weeks. That's cool. That's very reciprocal. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and she's like, you go years without making any money. I go, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's other times I'm like, I don't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's, there's, yeah. there's, feast, there's yeah. feast and famine and that's, and that's a reality. Um, I, I don't, I want to make sure that I do get our disclaimer, disclaimer oh. off. So uh, there's, uh, sorry everyone, I'm figuring it out. Uh, There's a strong chance you might get offended at our glorified cable access program. Uh, In the essence of being our truest of selves, uh, we'll say things to be funny, to be passionate, and out of ignorance. Um, Do not take any part of our discussion as fact or as advice. Um, The good news is is that we're quick to self-reflection and change. Uh, We have no intention of hurting anyone's feelings, but if we do, then change the channel. There's no reason to stay here. No one's twisting your arm. You have better things to do. Um, pick, take up pickleball. Take up, uh, f- take up the tasting of fine whiskeys. Um, there's so many things to do, but don't spend your time being upset at us. Move on. Go on now. Get. I love there, that I've disclaimer. Yeah. I need to do something like that because I'm gonna. I just like. I get a lot of people who are a little hurt over what I have to say about the market. See, Dude, I love your I love your posts. I love it, and I was gonna tell you before we get into what you do, and yeah. I'm excited to unpack that because it's. It, it, I have watched it grow, and I've watched the following and the comments on your posts just get more robust. And the pointed accuracy that you have is so valuable. And I've used it. I've plucked it off and used it for clients that give me shit. You know, sellers that are like, you know, why can't you get this done? Well, actually, let me give you some statistical data <laughs> as to why I can't get this done. Yeah. And it, it's, it's awesome. So on that, if you don't mind, how first off, that's not easy to, to, to cobble together what you 
absolutely what you throw out there so what gave you the sense to say all right i'm gonna nerd out on this i'm gonna give the public some true data that's no bullshit and the, yeah. you know the abor fluff that you do i mean we all see it on on the matrix and whatnot the statistics those are helpful in certain arenas and they are just general statistics of you know active days on market how many new 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 piece of inventory came on the market but they don't really help with explaining or unpacking as the the why piece but i think you really help yeah so th that's a great question um we were just talking before we went live that mm -hmm. i had started in march of uh 2007 in real estate i quit my job i was working full-time in the semiconductor world in late april to get my bonus but i really started mid-march full-time in mm -hmm. real estate and i was burning through my vacation time one of the things coming out of the semiconductor world is I live in a world of metrics. There are KPIs for everything. And for those of you not familiar, KPIs are key process indicators. Mm -hmm. And they're just scorecards. And we would walk in and we'd manage our teams by KPIs. And it was really, did you perform, not perform? We found something to measure, we'd measure it. That's what we did. So when I started, and I talked about this, and I'm going to say yeah. his name because we're not shy. I've, I've said it on my podcast, in my show. Mm -hmm. I started with Outlaw Real Estate Group, Blake mm -hmm. Outlaw. And when I walked in, I'm like, where are the metrics? What do we know what's going on in the real estate market? And he had Don, loved Don to death. He was his business manager, the, the office manager. And she logged in on Wednesdays to the MLS and manually took a snapshot mm. of what was pending. And back then it was Tempo. So we didn't even have what we're currently using, which Tempo was super archaic to the tools we uh, have now. What do you think we have right now? <laughs> they just changed it. Uh, they changed the name. They, they didn't change anything about it. So I haven't, didn't I haven't dug into the platform. Yeah. It looks the same aesthetically. Well, we, we, Is we've the gone app for better on the phone, on your phone app? At least when you're like trying to... <laughs> What's a horse say? Uh, so my opinion... So my, <laughs> <laughs> my opinion, the phone is for Facebook and email. Yeah. You know, if you want to do something work-wise, you got to be on a computer. You got to be on a computer to yeah, do work. No I'm way. sorry. So I, I walked in, there were no metrics. So I found some metrics and they worked. They were good enough to get by for what I was doing. I'll take some more of that too, yeah. please. Yeah, me too, Hulse. So you want a finger too? Yeah, I normally pour That's four. That's a very question. Like, like, <laughs> just met so, the guy, by the No, 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 no. So my <laughs> friends will just be like, I can't drink at your house because I'll, I'll pour it all the way to the top line. But no, I, I still, I've got my daughters at ballet. I'm going to go have dinner with them afterwards. I have to be productive. <laughs> yeah, you have to stay. So, you know, the world went on. I worked with a bunch of European investors during the financial crisis. Interesting. Um, when the euro was two to one, I placed tens of millions of dollars into the Austin real estate market. Mm. And these were buy and hold investors, big portfolios. They self-managed from Europe. I really wanted to manage their business. And, you know, fast forward to March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I was still just using my little mediocre metrics. They were the best thing kind so of out there. You use that to kind of help navigate those kind of business relationships that you had with the correct, Europeans? Correct. I mean, so like, I, I'm, I operate more like your financial planner helps you plan for retirement. And so you use that as data and, and, and tools to, to help push them into certain decisions. Not push them, but educate them. Manage. To make, manage, okay. Are we repositioning? Are we staying mm -hmm. put? How's the rent so, performance so you, you boiled it down to I that. boiled it down to like, hey, here's your annual review. Here's, here's where we're at. Dump. Here's Underperforming where assets. Where okay. we, mm -hmm. opportunities. So I, my business is more run like a, uh, a financial planner for people with real estate. Very much like a stock. You know? That's right, I, it's a commodity. Yeah. And my job is to know what's going on in the marketplace. Where did that training come from? <sighs> you guys are gonna love this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 
I don't know how do I reward this. You're gonna love. You said you wanted to get into the the, the Dude, fun go stuff. Deep, go deep yeah. and be honest. Be, be. I failed statistics four times in college. Yes, yes. <laughs> and here I, I am twice. Uh, here I am today, <laughs> living in statistics, oh, making shit. a living out of it. So I barely got through statistics. I walked into the dean and said, "I'm never getting a degree because I can't get past the intro to statistics." Mm. Well, the dean was very cool at the university. She looked at me and she's like, "Next semester, take this class." I said, "Okay." I walked in. It was the football team in statistics. Uh, oh goodness! And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I like this." She's like, "This is your tutor." I'm like, "Okay." The university let us take our tutors to our test. She got me through my intro to statistics with oh, wow. my tutor. Once I got into an applied statistics modeling where we did it in Excel and we did it in tools, I was like, this is easy. Oh, because you had that backup as opposed to looking at. Yeah, I wasn't like doing it on pen and paper, paper and trying oh, yeah. to interpret it. So we, we were taught it in, 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 a, in, a, in a tool. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my minor is um, macroeconomic theory. I passed up a degree uh, or master's in PhD program when I was finally done with school to go into the semiconductor world. So when I went into the semiconductor world, I dealt with commodities, commodity trading, wow. uh, tracking of things, and maybe self-taught more than anything else. But mm-hmm. my mentor is a biostatistician at Harvard. When I have questions, I call her, and she walks me through my scenarios. So I, I am self-taught, failed in college. Here I am today doing it. That's funny. But fast forward to March of 2020, the world's coming to a standstill. Right. We all remember March 13th, March 14th, March yes. 14th. You know, it was just like... It got weird. Really so that's weird. when you really ramped it up. That's when I ramped it up. And, and what I was worried about was, I got a call from Europe, a gentleman from Austria, and I was like, what's the market doing? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't Nobody know. Knows. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what's happening. Nobody knew shit. Everyone's going to stay put at least. We're, you know, we're all trying not to die because we yeah. don't know what's going right. to happen. We're foraging for food. You know, hearing about Italy, Italy just crumbling. Italy fall. I forgot about Italy, but you know the world's coming to a standstill, and we were sitting there, and the the old, you can wait for the narrative, or you can become part of the narrative. Mm -hmm. And I chose the I want to be a part of the narrative. My clients deserve that. It's you know I'm the expert they're calling. Mm -hmm. So I sat down one day, and you know we're camped out in our house. I'm like, what do I do? And I sat in front of the computer and I started designing a database. And I started looking at how can I do these analytics with the tools we have? Mm -hmm. What can we communicate? And it took me about six weeks of monkeying with this. And it was late April, early May of 2020. And I launched Housing Report. I invited 25 of my friends to sit down and talk real estate. And this is what I could Mm. see. So something I feel in real estate that hasn't been, um, people don't really look at like they should is, I don't care about sold data. To me, sold data is old data. The only thing that matters to me in the way I look at the analytics and where the market's going and how you can stay ahead and communicate with your clients is, what is pending doing? Yeah, you're rolling pendings chart. Pending is the only thing that matters in this Mm -hmm. industry because your client who calls you on a Tuesday, why didn't my house sell this weekend? Mm Well, you go and look at what closed on Friday. Well, that that what closed on Friday happened six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to know what happened Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Contracts. Exactly. So I started looking at it from a different perspective. We built an in-house algorithm that started looking at the new listings. We started looking at what pending listings were doing, and we started forecasting sales. Mm. 
with those two components, we're now able to forecast where the sales prices are going to be in 45 days. No shit. So that's why when you watch today, I'm like, if you guys are... If you're watching today, you're behind. Well, if you're watching today, like, and you've got a listing that's not selling, and you're mm -hmm. talking to a client about a price reduction, and they get back to you two weeks from now, you're already behind that gun. Right. Because exactly. the market shifted yeah, you're, again. You're, already, you're still behind because you're not getting ahead of it. You're, you're, you're not staying ahead. Yeah, you're staying at pace or behind it at best. Maybe I'm not thinking about this right, but how do you understand the data that is in a pending listing if you don't know where it's going to land? Okay, how so? I think it'll average out, right? I'm trying to not give you away the trade secret. Right. Oh, fair enough. I'm not trying to tell you. I can magic. tell you exactly like with a piece of paper and a pen. I can yeah, write the algorithm out. Disclose, but I mean, you, you yeah. know what I'm asking, right? It's yeah, like, so. I mean, like, pinning data is still, still a, a fugazi, fugazi, you know, in the words of. Correct, correct. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't, I can't. Like if you call me and say, Chris, what is house ABC gonna sell for? I can't tell you. But you can see the action shots of movement almost. But it's you like, give me a hundred homes and I can tell you what that sample set's gonna close okay. for in 45 days. Okay. Well, that's that's what we're dealing with with averages and other things kind of meeting out. So yeah. if you have some highs and do some you see lows, the runways then of, do you use the runways of price drops to determine where things are gonna land? I don't care about price drops. And so you don't care, so you, the algorithm doesn't, doesn't take in consideration sold data that closed in the same neighbor, so say say that 100, 100 stream of homes, right? Yeah. That are all active under contract. Mm -hmm. So you can use that data to predict where they're gonna close, essentially? I mean, or at least where the price points are gonna be when they... So that, that sold data will be a component of, the, the, my forecast will be a component of what's come to market, what's gone under contract, and what has sold. So and we're able to normalize it. And I'll tell you my secret sauce is based on days on market. And, and I was about to say, so, so that's all it is. Days on market. Days on market. Days on market what, is my what's key. What's getting under contract, what's not? Dip, days on market is my key. Okay. Mm. And and so, when, and, and I, but there's no, there's sales data data within that. I guess that's what yeah. I'm trying to wrap oh, my yes, head around. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. There's, there's sales, sales data, data within totally. that. Totally. But you use that auxiliary number of like, what is actually sale, moving? But you, but, sales, but it's not. But you sales, want to cause a sale, but you really want to just cause it to go under contract. Right. That's, that's right. That's but that's the special thing because because the, the closing the closing you're still going to have to like meet out so, through the option period. So take what, everything everybody has taught you about comps. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want you to put the Apple revenue model on your head. We were this way at Applied Materials. We have booked sales. We have revenue sales. And you ask, what are the differences? Well, book sale is we have a contract to deliver a product. Right. A revenue sales means we've reconciled the transaction. So if you look at a real estate transaction, the property sells when it goes under contract. That's the mm. wave. That's the way. The yeah. contract is the reconcil the closing date is the reconciliation of the contract. Right. Oh, wow. And, and so that, that makes sense. So if you start looking at it from a different perspective and go and yeah. say, well, it's a, it's a 30 day snapshot back in time of what that house is actually worth on a closing data. I mean, in, in theory, I it's mean, like. 39 days right now for the average days under contract for a, a home in the Central Texas area. Mm -hmm. So it, it, really, so really, what, you know, what we're seeing today is solds. Right. That's incredible. I Happen. never thought about it like that. And, and it's, it's almost commonsensical in the sense that like, that data is archaic. Yeah, and so if you think about it this way, let's, let's, let's step back even a step further. If you think about it this way, if you want to wait to have the conversation about what happens in July and you wait for the data to be produced by Texas A&M, repackaged by the Board of Realtors, oh, and then given to us as consumers, okay. us being the consumers mm -hmm. of ABOR agents, right. 
that data is two months old. Well, it's like it's like when we put it out on our on our um, newsletter. You know, we wait for Abor to put the stats out that are like, here's. I mean, that shit's I, sixty I, days old. I also want to like clear everybody here from having to say anything about Abor, but I really, it's not that I it's not that I question stats, but I, I also think that they have a job to they have a job to kind of whitewash some things sometimes, <laughs> and I and I question I question it because they they. A, a tr if you're really looking at stats and everyone knows everyone knows this if you've taken statistics four <laughs> times or two times yeah. like you're gonna say hey look just two data points or one data point is not enough information to really have a strong understanding especially when it comes out each month or you're not able to see like any sort of trend trends based off of that I, I think that I think that they are producing that data to provide media to provide marketing for us which is serves a purpose but i don't think it's i don't know if Lip it's educating agents uh, that's what i'm saying Lip service but he, and here's the thing and this is where I, I approach it i don't care what what the numbers say i'm just gonna tell you what they say right. mm. good bad or ugly and that's probably where you get the the, the flack oh yeah, my gosh just, and i've seen I, like i like i told you i, I watched the comments and i'm a i'm a social media junkie in the sense that i you know I, I'm, I'm always kind of i'm addicted to watching yeah. things as they progress you know but I think that's incredible. So, back to a couple of things. So, COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID kind of gave you the platform and the time to sit down and, and create this little baby. Yes, sir. Incubator mm -hmm. is there. But it you did just start it. off as stats, or was it you posting on? Because I, well, so I think I came across you maybe about a year and a half ago. I think at least, if not a little right bit more. When you started doing that. Now that I think about it, I started seeing your posts. We're I always. I'm a, uh, also a friend junkie too. I'm a whore on friending people. On the Facebook. biggest of whores. Biggest of whores. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably saw you as like you're real estate. Oh, let's be friends. I, I don't even know if we're friends or you know what I mean. Yeah, I have two Facebook profiles because I don't want. I have my friend friends and then I have my work. You don't friends. want Russian bots yeah, on, your, exactly. on your Facebook profile. <laughs> Although I, I've had some interesting ones, you know. When the hot when the hot young Asian girl wants to be your friend, you're like, oh my wait god, I'm just like, wait a second. My wife, we look like, look, honey, and she's friends. like, no, yeah. exactly. That's that's the that's got the two photos so, on her profile. Like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. So we just, you know, we I just started posting, and it really was more like, let's have a dialogue. Yeah. Well, you would get agents to interact, but you, it, what I what I loved and I and I appreciated was that, and I've I feel like I've had my shit bit off of from from the agent hive mind. Like mm -hmm. I put some stuff out there on like listing packets or just whatever stuff that I and even stuff that I wrote for for other agents when I wasn't an agent, but I was working on becoming an agent and I was mm -hmm. doing their, their marketing for them. I've seen some of my same writing. In other people's material, and I'm I'm like okay, but I saw people using your uh, graphs and charts to the point that you said, hey, look, everyone is biting off my shit, and uh, at this point, I'm putting a watermark on it. So, yeah, and yeah. So to, to to brag about him a little bit, your statistical brain is equivalent to his writing brain. He's if he takes time to to actually write things, it's phenomenal. If, if he wasn't such a maniac, he could focus and actually. I could sell a fish water do, if I tried. Do things. Yeah. If I, 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 I want for the day where Justin actually relaxes and focuses on his writing because he could crank out some of the coolest shit you'll ever read. And I can't write content. See, he mm -hmm. can. See, and I'm more the. You know, I'm, a, I'm a numbers person. Mm -hmm. Give me a bunch of numbers and I'll interpret them and go and say, this is what's going on. And that's all I've really done. And, and you talk about how do we, we, we get there? 
all I did is start staring at lines and like, what is it doing? Mm-hmm. Well, and then, so how did you cultivate, like, I guess you had, did you have like an end result that you wanted to see happen or did it just kind of manifest through? I wanted to be part of the narrative. You, you did, well, I know, but like no. at, at some point, like you're, you're, what you're cranking out has like an equal sign, right? Like, yeah. So, like so when did I, you determine like, this is what I actually want to derive? So I guess I just came with yeah. plugging numbers in. Without, well, give, without giving away trade secrets, we no. want you to be successful beyond belief. Yeah, okay. no, and, and one of the things that, I'm, I'll be honest, I work 600 to 800 hours a year. That's what I put into my real estate business. Yeah, real estate, <laughs> math going on in my head right now. Just yeah. like this sign. This I started trying and I gave up. It's 2,000, <laughs> yeah, it's 2000 sure. hours a year is a normal work year. Oh, okay. So you're okay. working less. So I work yeah, part-time, I, right? I was going to give you a clap. You're like, damn, you work a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love that because we start talking about like employee salary. I'm like, wait, how much do they make per year? And they're like, we're not doing that. We're it's doing it by hour. Weeks. I'm like, oh, no, hang on. I'm going to have to do like quantitative analysis Exactly. Here. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm in this, this, this conundrum in my career. Mm-hmm. that do I focus on numbers mm-hmm. and exclusively going and creating content or do I stop creating content and go back to producing business right that's such a hard that's such and a hard balancing act. especially, a, especially when you want one of them to get off the ground it's a Mark Cuban approach five years you can't pay yourself in a successful business that's right you have to grind out for five years and create what you're trying to do. And that's what I've been doing is creating content. You talked about the watermark. I was really protective at the time because I started having people poaching clients off my, my user Yeah, group. that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't go to your page and shit on mm-hmm. your stuff and then try to take your that's clients. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, at the beginning, I was cross-posting an investor underground in Austin. I was, cr- and I, you know, I was like, you know what? If they want to find me, they're going to find me. Yeah. And I did that when I was about 2,000 users and said, I'm done. 2,000 users, I'm going to let this group go organic at this point. I think we're pushing 6,000 right now. Nice. That's great. Yeah, wow. we're, we're getting 60 to 80 people finding me organically a week. Mm-hmm. I am not paying any not advertising. Yeah. It is 100% word of mouth. I got on Twitter and um, wow. There's a, like, I am a small fish. Oh, dude. Compared, big pond yeah. when it comes to these analytics guys. Okay, I tried Instagram. But Instagram's a square world, and all my charts are rectangle, yeah. and I couldn't get past that. You need a, you need a boob job and a fat butt. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I took No, 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 no. I, oh I, I, I tried. I had an agent, um, a good friend of mine, I was sitting there, we're talking bourbon. He's like, I need you to send me one of those. And I said, you're going to have to show me more nipple to see that. He literally <laughs> sent me a, a picture of his nipple. And I'm like, that is not enough. I'm sorry. So. It sounds like something I would, I would yeah. demand and request. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, so would this... So with what you guys have with your analytics plan, mm-hmm. I mean, is it? Uh, I mean, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like tuning into your your housing report. Um, what do you call? What is it? Is it a stream? Is it? A, so I don't know what it's called. I do Facebook like, Live twice a week, yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah, Thursdays. Yeah, no, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Facebook Live Tuesday, Thursdays. I try to on Tuesdays. I try to do like, hey, what have people been talking about? Mm-hmm. Thursdays I like to do like, hey, what's the market doing? Mm-hmm. Friday afternoons I've been jumping on and doing like a six minute, ten minute like. Here's what you need to know going into the weekend. Like last weekend, you know, people were like, how do you find all these off-market deals? And I'm like, literally, we have a searchable database of off-market deals. And someone's like, what? I go, go check, withdrawn, (laughs) expired, and hold, Mm -hmm. put 180 days, put your search fields in, and there you go. 
You got a searchable go, database. Go find them and reach out. And I guess what is that? Go mess? call the last agents. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've seen you. I've seen you do some like Fed related things too. Oh my gosh, I'm following the Fed like there's no tomorrow no, no, right now. That's that's the main. I wanted I wanted to get into the deep so, on that, but I, I have a more important question yeah. for you. And it has more more to do with um with today's beef. Today's beef is um. Today's beef. Today's we got beef. What's beef of the, the day. Beef? beef of the day. Realtor. Realtor. Real tour, who deserves to die first? I think it's equal. They should all die. I, I personally refuse to use the title. <laughs> same, 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 same. My signature just says real estate agent. I think yeah. Texas calls Amen. us um, salespersons now. Ew. So my title, like if you go look at my email signature, I just have salesperson. I I don't want realtor on there. I'm, but yeah. I, I will I will broker. flex broker. Yeah, I'll flex broker. Well, sure. broker isn't using a trade name, and exactly. I just I. I don't need to, to pay for a trade name to do my business. Mm-hmm. So I kind of refuse to use the title. Genius. Man, we, we're, we're so much alike. And, and I'm, by the way, I want to give John credit because uh, he busted his hump and uh, got his broker's license recently. Yeah, like yeah he did <laughs> it. Like He's Good been job, on my ass for like So I actually, I did some studying on that. So believe it or not, Trek has every broker who's active in okay. the state in a single database you can download. And then you can go look at the number of salespeople. And if you go look at it, and Travis County has the highest concentration of brokers to sales agents. Oh, yeah. But if you go look at other markets, it's like San Antonio's half the brokers to agent ratios. So it's kind of interesting seeing tra- wow. in this five-county area that people... You would look at them. I did look at them. <laughs> you, would, you would break that down. I did break it down. So hang on a second. Well, is it just because... Is it an educated population? Is that what... It, That's my hypothesis. All, all, all you little... You, weenies when you could get it two years in you didn't even have to like do anything hey don't don't shoot me because the bar was low i, I just could, I could have done it seven years ago but there's no need until you got on could've, my ass i looked at the should have and i, I could have i looked at the scorecard and go that's too much paperwork to fill out yeah 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 <laughs> well that for him for him he was he was dying over here i was just watching him take class after class after class and like having a proctor exams and all well, these so, so here's the, here's the background on that just you don't think there's there's a lineage so i've, I've had my Real estate license is 2011, I think. Um, and he, you know, we grew up together. We went to mm-hmm. middle school together. We've known each other a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And he got into it about three years before I did, three or four years. Yeah, roughly. And so we, we'd always talk shop. He, we'd talk about it whenever I was getting my license. My grandma was a real estate agent in Dallas, so I always kind of, like, leaned on it. But I, I got it and kind of used him as a uh, mentor to help me kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I started slaying apartments and went through that whole deal. Once I once he he got in when you only needed to have it for two years. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, once I got in, it was the four year deal with the whole spreadsheet and the yeah, whole your scorecard, yeah, your yeah, transactions. Exactly. How many information about brokerage services you got? You didn't uh, get yeah. points for those. Uh, I'm yeah. like, it, it was ridiculous. But I had yeah. enough my fourth year in just off leases alone. That's how many I was cranking out, mm-hmm. which is good. So I I I, I paid. Champions Real School Real Estate to get my broker's license, got all the classes. Shortly after that, we started creating a property management company, and he was the broker for it. And then that grew legs pretty damn quick, so it distracted me from getting my broker's license. And I didn't need it, so I had this like book, the book bag with all my broker's books for mm-hmm. six years. I think it was was it after we did TPM? It was during. During, dur- yeah. well, no, but not before during, not before TPM. No, but it was like during that whole thing. That was like yeah. my four year in there. Well, we were, we, I mean, since we started, it was slow, and then it got fast all of a sudden. And he, he kept busting my balls about it, and then it went quiet for about five years. And then last year, he was like, 
I'm gonna give you till February to get your broker's license, and so I did it in like three months. Yeah, he cr he crammed because he was because I I was like you need to put this deadline, and and uh, he waited till like a month or so before the <laughs> deadline to try to just do it. And, and meanwhile, he's kicking me out of the office so he can have a proctored exam, which is like which is ludicrous because like. Either, Which in either reality, they want I you to come in or they don't. But when you're doing, yeah, when you're doing, yeah, I two screens on with my laptop right here that was watching my face, and I would just copy and paste the questions. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, Y'all like, aren't trying very hard on this. You're just wasting well, everybody's time. Have you noticed on our continuing ed questions or our continuing ed, like next time you do your continuing ed for your license renewal, there's no minimum score now required. Really? Yeah. So the the legal. Man. Legal one and two, the ethics, your broker responsibility, your marketing, whatever the 22 hours is. So it's just all bullshit. Literally, you sit down and you could miss every single question and get the credit for the continuing ed. That is, uh, that's, a, like, that's a, one of the reasons why we have, what is it, 20,000 agents in the Travis County area? Oh my God. They should like make that. it harder to it should, do. It should just make, I mean, I don't think they should be like, hey, I, I mean, maybe it's fine to make John go through all that battery of of, of, of coursework, but also at the same time, like make it a little bit more challenging. I remember like in my- Now that I got it, I mean, they really need to make it harder. Yeah, they <laughs> need to make it way harder. Keep them out. Uh, especially now that everyone's getting out too and everyone's looking for roofs. Um, but uh, I remember in some of the classes that I was taking, the, the I don't know, professor, the teacher, broker, whoever, mm -hmm. whoever they got to pay up there, to be up there, um, they were like, no worries. From what we understand, there's only two math questions on oh this my exam, God. Yeah. and I was just like, "How dare you! How dare you dumb down the average for everybody?" When we're dealing with hundreds of thousands, if there's not a, millions there, of dollars actually, of assets, it's crazy. There's a lot of math questions, and I always, so Champion School Real Estate has a uh, refresher course. Yeah, the like, crash course that you take yeah, for I, Saturday that's, and that's Sunday. That's how I passed my yeah. first uh, actual agency licensure class because I did it two days. Like I took my test the next morning. Yep. I did the Saturday, Sunday test on Tuesday. Same, same thing. Yep. Same thing. And, and and I remember being there and being like, oh damn, I don't think I would have known that. Because I, I don't study well. I, I just get through the criteria to allow me to take the test, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't, I literally don't absorb anything until the last minute. Did the same thing with the broker exam. And they were saying, they were like, you know, the, the math portion isn't as bad as you think it is. And when I went to the exam, it it wasn't awful, but there was more questions than I thought there was going to be. The questions were easier, but there was a good amount. How many square feet in an acre? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, like so, uh, four, four, four people dra traveling down thirty-five, going whatever, whatever it is, four, four thousand three hundred and fifty-two. I think that's what it is. I never. I haven't known, and I don't care. Like, I'll figure it out. Madison, so square feet in, or square feet in an acre. She just got her license. 43,560. Yep. Something else that we learned that was really atrocious that I never thought I'd use in real estate was meets and bounds. And I did a real estate transaction where everything was written in the northeast one quarter quadrant. I'm like, wait, wait, can I draw this out by reading it? But we did a, a transaction in meets and bounds, and I was like, wow, that's a first. Is that because it wasn't sub? Subdivided? Why would you? Why would, is, that a lo, is that a it's, local deal land. or is that out? No, no, it's land. State of okay. Texas is all platted in meets and bounds. Okay. And when you get into neighborhoods and master plan communities, those are the lot and blocks. Right. Okay. So when you deal with that, this was raw land. I see. That we were dealing with. But I was like, I'm never going to deal with meets well, and bounds. How they, yeah, I mean, there's other ways too that they do. Well, they get, I mean, they don't, I guess to their defense, they don't know which direction you're going to go. No. And, and that's, that's the cool thing. I think that's one thing that we want to highlight in this is that. 
you know, so much of so much of like the media like looks at all the like flashy eye candy type of stuff, like the mm-hmm. real house, the real realtors of of uh, California or something like that. But, yeah, but there's there's so many different angles that you can go that you can get into that no one's thinking about land or anything like that necessarily. And then all all the odds and ends. So I guess I guess they have to prepare you one way or another. I'll it, give it, them industrial's credit. the one that I stumbled into. The, I saw that on your on your questionnaire response. I was like industrial. Tell yeah. me more. Manufacturing facilities, concrete tilt. Oh. Usually, does that put you in San Antonio a whole bunch? I hate San Antonio. I hate they they do bu- they do business differently than we do here. They San Antonio. I, well, I grew up in West Texas in Del Rio. Okay. And we went to San Antonio once a month for a long weekend, and I've spent more time in San Antonio than I care for. So I tried to, I consider Bear County just like flyover land for me in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. But I'll do industrial from northern Mexico all the way to Austin. Oh, wow. So okay. manufacturing facilities, you know, a quarter million square feet. Thirty thousand square feet. Wow! Um, big awesome. industrial clients. We've got we've got some friends who we worked with not that long ago. Shout out to Jack, um, who uh, deals with uh, commercial real estate. Particularly, the, we do that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, uh, industrial and and from what he described to us, it was in uh, San Antonio it was like a big Austin. hub for a lot of that stuff. But Austin. Not so much for some. Well, what's, what's interesting is nobody wants to be inside the city limits or the ETJ of the city of Austin. So if you go look at all the big jobs that have come in, they're mm-hmm. in Del Valle, Cedar Park. Yes, they're outside because they don't want to deal with the city. Mm-hmm. They are truly, we're just going to go out and, and not go into Austin and deal with their whole permitting process. So I helped a uh, a cannabis-based company okay. locate into Central Texas. And they were setting up a distillery, or I guess it's called a distillery. Where they were bringing in, they were this is their their um, hemp-based products, and Austin wouldn't talk to them, not one bit. Cedar Park was like, "Yes, you're going to bring us jobs. We'll give you X number of dollars." And we brought them to Central Texas. It was kind of interesting. I'd never seen. um, I got a video from the guy. He was in a combine, and they were harvesting crops with a corn combine, and the Mm -hmm. biggest thing I had ever seen. And I was just like. Jeez, That's, uh, that, that whole industry is ridiculous. I mean, it, the byproduct of jobs. Oh yeah, a lot of big players kind of already positioning themselves in Texas to get ready for. They are. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're it's already. It's medical now, and it's on its way. Probably about three years out. We're, we've got that Delta out. Nine garbage or that's whatever not that is. Real weed, though. That's that's, <laughs> that's a one, synthetic. Yeah, that's okay. a synthetic. Oh, one thing over that so, makes people so go, go, go weird. Right? You know, Tell you, me more. You, you move one carbon molecule, then it changes the entire complex of the actual substance. But it, it the, can have the same principles. It's just not on a cellular level. It's not. THC. You're like Adam E from Invincible. How right come? Because I thought the season two. Was How, do you watch? Do you watch uh, Invincible? I have a four-year-old, so I don't get to watch TV. <laughs> well, no. Well, oh, fair, fair. Yeah. Oh, congratulations on your on your four-year-old. That's yes. awesome. Yes. You yeah. must be. Yeah. At their season two is not still even being star- cute, but maybe not. Maybe not peppery yet. Um, she's strong-willed like her mom. Okay. And she's feisty, but God, I love her to death. Of course. You know, it's yeah. just one of those. I wake up every morning, like you know. I wake up, I don't sit down at my desk till 9, 9.30 because I wake up with her, we hang out. That's cool. I take her to daycare. I try to pick her up. I pick her up most days at 4, mm-hmm. 4.30. Yeah. And then we, we go keep hanging out. That's kind of cool. That's kind of one of the cool things about our industry is that we do, like, because you, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, double-edged sword. You know, you are, if you don't, if you, you don't hit really it in the morning, you may have to hit it later on. Yeah, yeah. you can't go. That's for sure. You can't really leave. Or, 
drop. People, I, clients are like, go, go, you deserve it. And I'm like, that's I'm going to hear from you. I guarantee way. it. Uh, but yeah, that's the, why the fun commercial thing is, investors. Right. The stuff closes at five. Right. I, I actually called one. We were mid-deal. And I called them on a Saturday. Because I had heard something. And I was like, oh, shit, this, this is a material impact to deal. And I called him. He's like, is the building on fire? I go, no. I go, so I read something that's important. I think you need to know. And he's like, you never call on the weekend. Hmm. You're, if you're calling me on a weekend, he's like, I think my building, you know, he, yeah, exactly. an owner, yeah, it he's like, be an emergency. He's like, this building so burning down. Be. If everybody adopted yeah. that, we could, we could. Oh, this industry needs it because the, oh, the, yeah. the, the unfretted access that mm-hmm. these juvenile, I'm going to call them juvenile agents. Yes. That they give their clients that create no boundaries. Oh, yeah. It's bad for the business. It's bad for the relationships. It's, mm-hmm. it's just bad. I think that has to do with the number of agents that we have here the 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 sheer the sheer number because when you have so many then there's not enough it's it's like uh it's like not ha- it's like when you don't hunt deer or something like that and the population yeah. goes wild and they all starve to death but the ones who are starving they're like i'm going to talk to you hey call me on christmas morning i'll we'll talk then that sounds like a great time you're like please stop you're but then we but then the other the other i mean we're kind of past that point to where we have to necessarily do stuff like that but like if we weren't as far along as we far along as we as we are, we would have to compete with that. And, I, yeah. and I, I'm like, that sucks. This sucks tremendously. It yes, does. but I don't know if there's any change there. But that's I'm, that's I'm, gonna I'm be hard. That's a I'm gonna switch gears to change. I, this is what I want to hear from you. So, oh. our market, right? Uh-huh. You know, I, I know you have your 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 finger on the pulse, probably more so than most people. Can you kind of tell us? Just you know, this this is a loaded question, but why we're where we're at now and what you think is going to happen and how long it's going to take for it to do whatever you think it's going to do. That is a big question. Sorry. No. So right now, you know, we have spent the last quarter in a pricing stability mode in central Texas. We've been very fortunate. If you go look at all of us in June, we were busy. There were lots of multiple offers. Homes were going over list. It was a, it was an interesting little moment in the real estate market. I've been studying the July numbers and we had good pending sales. We didn't have a lot of good closings. Our closings were off like 30% for year over year for the month of July. As far as number of closings or the number of delta closings. between list price and, okay. Number of closings. Um, I, I get pr- list price is just kind of List it. price to sales price ratio is going to be everywhere right now. Okay. Yeah, well, if you, like list price to close price, the July number was 97.2, 97.3. Mm-hmm. Uh, list price at contract, not original list price. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was really interesting is my forecast shows a 5% reduction in average sales price in the next 45 days. And that's why today when I did my live talk, I was like, guys, if you got clients who need to sell, you need to get ahead of that price listing if you've been days on market because if you wait for this next report to come out and then you wait for this next round of things, you're gonna be chasing a price point. But I mean, historically, I mean, this time of year that happens pretty much year over year. This right? is more significant of a drop than we What are we doing about, like 2%? Two, 3% second okay. half of the year. There's five. definitely a law, we're, we're hovering around five right now, but I'd expect Two, three over a quarter. Mm-hmm. We're looking at five in a month. Right? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty dramatic. It halted. I mean, it, it, typically after Fourth of July, we always have a thing. After Fourth of July happens, it kind of just yeah, it's we, a wonk. We, we expect to get wonk exactly. Yeah. Well, we're even noticing. Um, we're even, and I've, I've, I would love to pick your brain outside of this session, but um, on how I could apply that toward leasing. 
but um, we're even noticing some changes in the leasing market, which if people aren't selling, then what's your other alternative for being in an area that people still are, are moving to? I mean, yeah. which for us is leasing, so why do we see those I've changes? Got, I, don't, I don't know, and this is what blows my mind. That's is, a weird thing. Is I got four lease listings right now, mm-hmm. and we're listing them for less than they were last year. We have like 60. <laughs> yeah. And we have, we you have know, chuckle and it, that have been on the market for almost 90 days. Uh, like, don't even tell me well, that. And this, the, yeah, the prices are down. I mean, across the board on the well, rental market from where it was last year. And that's weird because if you go and sit down and, you know, we talk about agents and number of transactions and the ease of getting into business. 1.6 million agents in the United States and there's 800,000 listings. And what's really bizarre is we have listings coming to the marketplace at the slowest rate we've seen in years. And there's a lot of theories coming out that these low interest rates, because if you go look at the portfolio of mortgages today, 80% of mortgages are below four. And it's as if consumers have all lost that uh, that drive to upgrade because, well, I've got three and a half. And they don't, yeah. Why go pay seven and three quarters? It has, it has to be... A, a significant change in the, has, they have to have a want to have that significant change. Otherwise, they're not going to liberate, and so, they're going to consider switching over to like what we're doing in management and leasing it out. As a, because it, right now you're you're beating you're beating inflation, you're beating the interest rate. Yeah, mortgage inflation is well, you've got the the headliner, and then you got the the core. I believe in mm-hmm. core. Core is higher than most people's mortgages right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you're winning the bet there. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that, like the, the, my belief is the last three years of the real estate world will end up being the biggest short of the U.S. dollar ever because the government was buying the mortgage-backed securities. They were subsidizing the mortgage rates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inflation is higher than it's ever been. So really, everybody who got one of these mortgages shorted the U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. and they're winning because debt servicing for the life of the loan stays fixed unless they're in an ARM product, which I can't tell you the last time I did an ARM product. They're back now. They're back now because they're people are, now. you know, like we're trying to save, but mm-hmm. I think ultimately when we look back on this in history, this will be the largest short of a US dollar ever occurred. And it was done by Joe Schmo America. Yeah, that's they, wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought about it being a short. You think about it, it's just a short. It's and a now short. it's like, I'm just paying it back and yeah. I'm, I'm my wages are up, real wages are up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My debt servicing as a percent of my real wage becomes cheaper. And it's like, why move? Why give up those loans? So you talk about that, you text mm-hmm. something very specific that's very close to us. And my wife and I have talked about this in depth is, what's gonna drive me to sell my home? And you know, the questions become, we're in Central Austin, we're in a 2-2, two-car garage, we're lucky. Original build, 1958. But we're like, if we're moving, it's like, we need certain things. And I think what we've drawn the line at is, if we can't pay cash for the next house, we're never moving. Mm. That our our next move before our house comes up in Central Austin. You levers the, yeah, I mean, you're gonna yeah. Well, that, the the sales price. So the so we've we've talked about a couple of things and what I yeah. feel versus what I can put down on paper because I don't know if I can accomplish the math. But what I what I hypothesize hypothesize hypothesize. He's more bourbon. The J yeah, James Taylor's Taylor's whispering right here. But what I hypothesize in the middle of the night is that every time they make those. Every time they make those uh, interest rate adjustments, um, we see an we see an effective reduction in sales prices. But when they make them sporadically and dramatically, we're like you said, we're, our market's still trying to process what's going on. Yeah. And even with the last one that got done, I mean, how long does it really how long does it really take for our market to react and adjust and equalize? 
And I would think that at least at a minimum, it's probably gonna take six months, maybe to a year. But when you do multiple, we don't know what's going on. It's gonna take time to flush those transactions out. And you know, one of the very real things was when the Fed met in the month of July, Mm -hmm. they came out and gave us a quarter point. Now, everybody before you get, I'm gonna make my own disclaimer here. Federal, the FMOC, OMC rate and mortgages are not directly interrelated. I just want to put that that I know these things. Mm -hmm. So what was interesting with this last rate hike is the rates went up, bond market stayed stable. What has happened though in the last 10 days, job numbers came in hot from ADP. Yellen's changing the way she's functioning or funding public debt. PCE, I believe, came in hot. CPI came in hot. All these other things are coming in hot, and the market is responding. The uh, I don't know what the number is at this moment. When I walked in, the ten-year Treasury bill was four point two percent. Well, four point one eight 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 eight. You know, let's call it four two. Mm-hmm. Right now, the yield spread on the ten-year T bill to mortgage-backed securities is about three hundred and twenty basis points. So that means mortgage rates should be seven four. Mm-hmm. For consumers, for perfect credit, 25% down, you know, just like no questions asked. And I'm sitting there looking at going, how, how long can this be sustainable? You know, the, the mortgage-backed securities are trading at a premium right now because they're expecting rates to drop. Mortgage-backed buyer, the mortgage-backed security traders are front-loading the mortgages with interest because they know the consumers, if rates drop to five, mm-hmm. all these sevens are going to go bye-bye. Right. So they're front-loading all the loans with interest to cover the cost of paying the loan originator, the underwriters, the commissions, the wholesale lines. Mm-hmm. The normal yield spread, if we were in a normal market right now, the normal yield spread on a mortgage-backed security from the 10-year T-bill should be 180 points. Mm. Oh, so really? Okay. Yeah. So they have padded it almost a point and a half. Is that just to protect the protect the industry that's to protect the underlying investors because the underlying investors have a large expense like you were talking about and we got a loan officer in here and we found out how they got paid yeah Yeah, we so last so we know we know we now know what bips are yep the bips the bips are they're the only thing that matters everything for a loan originator is bips or bits or but they're not getting they're not getting paid at at closing necessarily they're getting paid upon they're 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 making their money on the on the resale aspect through the secondary market did i touch your toe you've been touching my toe the whole time. Well, I won't say you have <laughs> big feet, but you certainly got long did, legs. Did he share with you that if a loan officer originates a loan, when it gets sold off, if it gets paid off in the first six months, oh, yeah. they, lose their they lose their commission I on had, that? I had a, a, a client of mine just do that. He paid it off in the first month, and uh, the the oh. lender the lender wrote and was like, hey, you may get a, a penalty on this, you know, and I we, really? we went through it all and everything. I was like, no, there's no prepayment penalty or nothing. I was like... Are you flexing just because you don't want to lose your commission? And sure shit, I said to the other lenders, I was like, is he going to be penalized for paying this thing off? They're like, no. He just that, that he just lost. His, he just worked for free. Yeah, exactly. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I, I I sympathize for them, but it's just kind of one of those things. But whereas if if the market's revving and hot, then the lenders are just crushing because they either have they have both oh the God. duality of the I refis mean, those plus refis, also dude, just sitting back on your ass. Twenty twenty to twenty twenty two. I don't want to hear a loan officer oh, complaining about their bills today. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I start, we, you guys talk to new agents all day long. Yeah. And I, if I got friends coming to this, I look at them, and this is the advice I give everybody who talks about going into sales. It's not how much money you can make. It's how long can you go without making any money. Yes. And what we're going to see, and we have started to see, in this period of the real estate, I don't want to call it a downturn, in this period of real estate, we're starting to see 
Loan officers closing offices. Loan officers selling cars. Title companies. Too. Title companies. Mm -hmm. Like the gravy train is over, and we're back to the dog days of the financial. I'm going to not call us. We're in a financial crisis, but it's the dog days of financial crisis. I went nine months without a closing in the financial crisis. Mm. I. I you're talking 2008. Yeah, 2008. Right. I did nine months. You know, when your wife looks at you and goes, are you going to make minimum wage this year? That's... Especially after all that, the, what, what's, the, what's the burn? And especially when I've been feeling as of, as of late, I've, there's been a lot of like a lot of effort and a lot of effort to try to get deals off the ground and then like fizzle because the market just is not happening. Yeah. And you're like, oh, all that, sunk, all that sunk like effort and emotion and all those other things. And it's hard. You're right. Like how long, how long can you hold off? How long can you wade through the mud? Exactly, and, and you know, we're going through savings right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those. I'm not actively out producing in day-to-day -day production. I still work with my clients from my past portfolio, mm -hmm. but I'm not out chasing new business. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here looking at my savings account going, I think I should be chasing new business. That's why I'm in this conundrum of, do I focus 100% on housing report or do I go back to what Mark, made me? Mark. I would love to see uh, housing report go go big, but in some sort of internet way, because I feel like cable's dying, and yeah. uh, and everyone's everyone's over it. There's just not a there hasn't been the reformation yet. No, and, and you know I kind of looked at when I what I was doing and one of my first affirmations is when I moved to Twitter, and I was on Twitter with like five followers. X. Yeah, our X. Is it, what is it called now? X. It's still Twitter, but yeah. Elon's like just wait for it. All right, X. No, it's X. It's X now. Um, my, little, my little app changed. I yeah, I saw the X on there going yeah, with this. That, that was like this last weekend. Yeah, anyways, don't even, yeah I want to hear what you're going to well, say. But when I got followed by Lance Lambert at Fortune Magazine, and I had five followers. No shit. I was like, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you got the leading journalist for Fortune Magazine following you. And I was even more impressed when I misspoke to something he had written, and he called me out on it. That's badass. You got a shout, a shout. He literally was like, he goes, I did not say that. I said this, and he corrected himself. And I went back and I said, Lance, I'm sorry. Austin American Statesman misquoted you. Oh, okay. I ran with the Austin American Statesman mm -hmm. story. You were 100% correct. You did not call Austin Market crashing. You compared the 2008 crash to today. Statesman ran with Fortune Magazine says Austin Market's crap. You know, like I was like, I'm sorry. I had to apologize to him. I, I mean, humbling, humbling moments are there. I think it's the people who try to posture that really get themselves into trouble. But that's yeah. that's amazing that they're that they're following you in that in that direction. Um, you kind of touched on something else. I'm kind of curious. What are uh, I so from your uh, from your live stream? You could, you give like a screenshot sometime of what your desktop looks like, and I yeah. like look at. It, I'm like, oh my god, he's looking at the Matrix. Oh yeah. What is it? I don't want to know what your desktop is. Um, it looks like uh, what I see, like a day trader might have, or maybe that's what that's exactly what I, maybe I that's what lenders say. have. I remember day walking trader. through U, uh, the UT Business School, and like there's guys who have like multiple monitors up in one room. But like, where are you going for your for your day? What's your daily digest that you're that you're doing? Have you yeah, set yourself so up with a RSS feed or something like I'm that? I'm not that or? smart. I'm yeah, you know, I'm dumb realtor right here. Yeah, I and, and again, I'm I'm not the the sharpest arrow in the the quill there. Uh, I start my morning with the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. uh, I still use Flipboard, which was like the coolest app on a, an iPad 
15 years ago when it came out. Is it like a, uh, a amalgamation of all of all Yeah, it's a data friends? aggregator. Yeah, so you okay. pick what you like. So like my landing page is bourbon, food, Austin, <laughs> uh, gear tech. I have real estate on page three. So you can see where I kind of get to that. Um, I read Al Jazeera every okay. day. Yeah, that makes sense. You got you to cycle around. I prefer the more global aspect of the news cycle mm -hmm. versus the American um, news cycle when it comes to what's kind of happening in the world. And when it comes to like sitting down and following real estate, I go to Texas A&M Real Estate Center on Mondays. I read all their news articles from the week prior. I follow Mortgage Daily News. I sit down and I have their, I pay for their, I pay for a mortgage lender's tracker. And they've got a, a news feed aggregator that plugs everything up. So I, I follow that. And then I um, sit down and I look at, whatever we're calling the MLS in Austin today uh, in oh god that's such a that's such a disappointment I don't know what it's called it's, got it's all unlocked am I touching you, Boy, you this is why again. we need to you do it again. put your feet back in you are across the, the you're like, across the line of demarcation here sir I'm, I'm behind the line. this is what our podcast has devolved into this yeah. is where it falls apart everybody yeah, he's, he's a little bit more aggressive than I am yeah. uh, alright your big old red shoes um, anyways uh, what was I saying uh, We're talking about MLS names that got yeah, sideways. MLS names. Why, we if we dude if we have twenty thousand agents who are like a part of the area, how come? Why why can't we have a nice a nice uh, MLS system? Or is it just that there's only you could search a property on pretty seamlessly when you're out in the field. I mean, I want I want good data because their statistics module sucks. Yeah. I, I That's go, why I, go, I created a housing to, report. I know you. Well, you have, <laughs> See, you have to manually go in and get markets. data. You have to manually go and get data. We uh, we started a project two years ago to where we started logging uh, sold data for sales and sold data for, for rentals. Mm -hmm. And we were using that data to, to figure out what are, the, what are the best areas to go find a property. Like mm -hmm. where we're gonna, where we're gonna find probably, if it, the closest thing would be cash on cash return. Yeah. Where are these areas? And um, we had to go and do it ourselves as opposed to like, why isn't that just, if so you're I, gonna give I, us tools, why don't you give us real tools? When I was doing, when we were placing tons of money, we had built a tool that looked at the entire MLS looked at the entire sold comps, looked at the entire leasing modules, what was available and what was for rent, and mm. we could analyze the entire MLS in about 15 minutes. Wow. Oh, so that, so you had, that you I had knew where to program. go look for oh, wow. investment properties because I was that agent going neighborhood by neighborhood, listing mm -hmm. by listing, trying to find what worked, and I was like, there's got to be a better way. Mm -hmm. So I had developed a tool. It still works. It just kind of sits in the background, and I've actually got some consulting next week with a firm that wants to do what you're talking about. Oh, no kidding. And we have an intern. His name's Lonnie Five. He can be he can be hired. <laughs> That's a lot. He's well, a, he's a he's a robot intern, if you will. Nah. So. <laughs> you use some AI in your business. <laughs> his, his name's Lonnie Five. He does great. Yeah, he's awesome. Shout out. <laughs> so yeah, so th there there is no easy way. What, I'm going to be honest though. When you we start looking at other markets, we're lucky in Austin. Well, Believe it or not, that's why that's why your thing is. That's what I was going to say. You, your platform is so special that if you could plug it into other markets, I was going to ask you: Have you looked into other markets to see what their data analytics look like? Oh my they're God, they're worse. Shit. They're horrible. So they're what, if, what if you branched out and like the housing report went into other markets? So we are looking at rolling out San Antonio. Okay. We have secured. We have secured a second line of data. Um, I have. I'll just put it right here. I know uh, people want to know. I have licensed my data from a nationwide brokerage firm. Fuck yeah. Wow. That they're going to give me access to 190 markets of 
what the values are doing, where the markets are going, and we're getting their leasing module. Mark Cuban approach. That's what I'm talking about. So we're going to be able. We're going to be able to look at, and this is my investors because I've got a dozen investors that probably in Austin own close you to. Have two more. Well, yeah, they, well, these these dozen guys. Pro, one gentleman, I think, has got forty nine doors. Oh wow! In this in in Travis County and Williamson County, and the question becomes: as investors in in Texas, is property taxes are the number one expense, mm-hmm. and we all as investors look at where do we go as we need cash flow as we move towards retirement because we buy investment properties a because of appreciation in central texas but at some point we want to retire right we want mailbox money we're tired of of taxes so we have secured all the section 8 data for the united states we have now got leasing data in 190 markets and we now have real estate data in 190 markets and we're going to start looking at where do we go from central texas Hmm. where do we invest? And then what we're going to be doing is for these investors that start to want to look at repositioning, we'll be partnering with people in local markets to move it. Cause I'm not going to go get licensed in every market. No, but that'd then, be nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Then help these guys here. But at the same time, sky's the limit on what investors am I looking for? Because I get calls, where should I be investing? And I'll tell you my, my core answer right now, before I got this data was Colorado Springs, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Kansas city, Kansas. I love Kansas City. Kansas Kansas City, have you been? I have been, and I will not invest in Missouri because taxes are ridiculous. I have no idea about that. Colorado Springs, but but it's a cool city, though. Colorado Springs, and here's why I like Colorado Springs. They're very comparable to Austin when we look at single-family homes, and the rents are very comparable. The taxes are- So high-rent floor? High-rent floor, but taxes are a tenth of what they are here. Really? Mm. So if you can maintain the same cash flow, you can maintain the same asset price and you've just taken your biggest expense and cut it by 90 percent you're making money that's beautiful do you do you suppose military town do you suppose that my big beef with the property tax situation is that you have a lot of people who are renters here in the area Mm -hmm. especially who are making taxation decisions on for for the rest of us do you ever expect the area to, to move away from the property tax side or is that just good? Well, it's, be a, like it's a against the Constitution thing. in Texas. Oh, no kidding. Oh, well. So, state income luck. tax is completely against the Constitution we'll in never Texas. Ha- we'll never, then that's a never. And what I encourage my renters mm-hmm. is when it comes to election season and bonds, that, hey, I can't tell you how to vote. But what I can tell you is we index your rent escalations to what our tax bill is. Mm-hmm. So, please, if you feel we so, need yeah. Prop A's, Prop B's, Props, whatever, vote for them. Just remember. Your landlord is not paying that bill. You, you as a tenant are going to pay that bill. Yeah. And what I like to remind people when they vote, and if you go through and study what they just did in the state of Texas, we just got our tax relief proposition pushed through. They're taking the exemption for Homestead from $40,000 to $100,000. And what, you Just think about that for a second. So I as a homeowner, my primary residence now is two and a half times my exemption they're shifting the burden from homeowners to commercial raw land and renters. Mm. And then they go vote for these props for more taxes. I, as a homeowner, I'm ecstatic. I'm not expecting my taxes in central Austin to go up at all this year. I haven't put the pen to paper yet, but I'm looking at it going, my renters are going to get screwed. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, these are not enough education. I mean, it's no. just the same as saying, hey, they need more finance. I, real estate is, is a part of, uh, you know, financial education, in my opinion, um, even though it kind of stands on its own legs in, in a lot of ways. But people are not aware and they should be. Yeah, and especially every decision that they make is yeah, voting. It's a grand scale problem. Oh, and, and just, you know, when you sit here and we write, I don't know if you got, you're from, probably familiar with the SALT tax caps, the state and local tax limits that I were put in in 20. Not so aware of what you're talking about. 2017, the IRS, um, under Little Orange Man, mm-hmm. um, enacted the SALT caps. Sorry, I, I can't say his name. No, that's no, okay. okay. <laughs> he might, he might yeah. appear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why Little Orange Man, I think, is the best name for him. Um, capped state local taxes at $10,000. So Central Austin, your average tax bill is what, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for a $680,000 home? Right. Yeah. We're only allowed to write ten thousand of that off. Mm. The other is just oh, I you've seen this on your taxes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I do remember when that happened. Yes, and and it was interesting because in twenty eight or twenty twenty, we thought that uh, Nancy Pelosi was going to raise that because it directly went after the West Coast and East Coast and Chicago and Texas. Yeah, yeah. all those high income economies of scale markets. Exactly where the taxes were like I, I didn't care what tax works. I can write them off of my federal. Now that I have a salt cap, I'm like this sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't write that off of my taxes. Yeah, so. that's well. My concern is that that's going to like limit and inhibit in investing in the area. We've already seen kind of a lot of people pull back. We've people, seen so, Californians get just a butthole pucker when when it comes to the to the. What's crazy is that, is that we're fi- that I'm finding out that Californians also like th- this is what makes me want to stay out of California. They have to pay income tax on pro- on ta- on income derived outside of California. Yes, that's nuts. New York's that same way. Of course they are. So New York, if you're if you have a we had a tax anchor in New York. There's a form called 203B that we actually put a shop floor calendar. Mm-hmm. And my local CPA here wasn't familiar with it, and New York tried to tax my income because my wife worked four months in the state of New York. Oh no, kidding! And I'm like, I never step foot. I hate New York. I'm not a New York City fan. You mm-hmm. know, like that whole place. Just they do have good food. We'll I'm give it. Everyone's, go everyone's, everyone's got to food. It's been since high school. Since yeah, been, they got good in food. San Francisco has amazing seafood, but I don't want to live there. No. Did you have crab? No, I had the best of sushi. Uh, Oreos and Napa was probably one of my favorite Oreo. meals I've ever had. I've never been to Napa. Napa would be oh, awesome. More the whole whole wine shit and the. Dude, Napa we did a. Stuff. We my, one of my favorite tastings or winery samples was we went to Paloma Vineyards. And we sat at the kitchen table and tasted the wines no with the at his house. That's That'd be badass. You know, and that was crazy. And then somehow we ended up at a trade tasting at Klein where they took us to the top of this hill. We could see South Bay or North Bay. And they opened every bottle of wine in their portfolio for us. Wow. And just, I was just, just for I had booked a pro, like I like I oh. found on their website this like tour and I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And I didn't realize it was a trade tour that somehow I got booked into and like, who are you with? What, what distributor? And I'm like, oh. uh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. I was like, we, we got to the end, and they're like, what? what? We're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, can I pay for this, please? They were trying to wine and dine you. They were trying to wine and dine us at the end. I'm like trying to get all the stuff, and they're like, oh, we just need your distributor. I'm like, oh, but yeah, we had this like the best tasting ever at Klein, and it was one of those we showed up. What they do when they knew you weren't? They were cool. We bought a couple hundred dollars almost without. They were though. They we paid for the tasting. They had a fee scheduled for it. I'm sure they're just. But yeah, they were just like, like I'm like, this was 
it was awesome. They took us up to the old abandoned house, and it was one of those. But I love Napa. I love. I want to go. It's definitely. It's all these places definitely worth the go. But I, I am so. I just spent ten days in California, and we traveled up the West Coast, California. Um, uh, just spent all that time up there, and saw the good, saw the bad. Did y'all drive that like West Coast road where it goes? The one hundred and one. Yeah. Did you do that? We uh, we took the one, and we did do one. We did do the one hundred and one at one point, but not the whole way. There was a mudslide, which is kind of scary. There was a mudslide and it just knocked off like 30 miles worth of road. So we just took inland and went from there up to Monterey. Because it's nice. shrinking. Yeah, of course. It's about to fall in the ocean or if yeah. not, and just mudslide in the ocean. But uh, that's wild. And so whereas we had a whole bunch of Californians and other outside, we had more Californians than New Yorkers from what we saw come to Austin. Um, but right. now that, now that uh, interest rates are up, sales prices yeah. are down, Rent, rents are, rents are, are suffering. Sell, they're all like, trying to sell. I'm like, stop. I was like, stop. Well, and that's what people got to realize. Real estate is not a liquid asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can convert it to liquid. But if you don't, like, I t- most of my investors, we don't even look at repositioning assets for 10 or 15 yeah. years. It has to be has to, at, at least, least a, five. At least five. Five, yeah. is, five is questionable unless it's been like a boon time. But like, but you need a, about a 10-year horizon to really, to really see okay. the benefits I, of it. I'm selling a house that someone bought in 2019. I mean, it, I mean, 3X since, since yeah. then. But I mean, that, that's a different, that was so a different deal. I had an investor that I inherited who's um, been in Austin a long time. Hugh Parrish was a legend in this town. And he was one of, she was one of Hugh's clients. He passed mm-hmm. away. He helped her buy a house on Davis Lane there by Castlewood Forest oh. and that whole area. Beautiful, mm-hmm. large lots. She paid $115,000 for it in five. And stuck a renter in it. Um, We did good. We repositioned the asset for her in 2014. So Mm -hmm. nine years. We sold it to the tenant for 330. So, you know, little tiny investment. We're not 330. We went and bought a replacement house up in Brushy Creek from uh, a great agent, Shay Milheiser. I'm going to drop her name. I said, no, no, Yeah, no, no, but it's a, well, I mean, if it's a positive name. Yeah, Shay, like, Shay was awesome. No, I love Shay. So we bought a flip from Shea, who was one of her holding companies, and we bought this warehouse in Del Rio for her, industrial. We ended up still own the house here. That house today is worth, you know, seven, eight hundred K, easy. Mm-hmm. In the warehouse in Del Rio, we paid five hundred for it. It had a value add proposition. We sold it to eight hundred to the tenant, and she went about two million dollars more in real estate. Oh wow! Yeah. But what had happened while we owned that, we had had a hail claim. <clears throat> Damaged the roof. The roof was a two hundred or three hundred thirty-five thousand dollar hail claim on the building. Of course, because industrial, it's got to be. It's big industrial. It's all big metal. And metal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't leaking and it worked, so we paid the note off versus oh, wow. making the repair. Oh, I mean, nice. that's the beauty that's of awesome. having a metal roof. Right? That's, that's yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a pure. Right it was, and, and she's sitting here and she's like, "My little tiny investment in two thousand five on Davis Lane is now that's three so and a cool. half, three, three three, three and a half a million in real estate. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell everybody's like, use the power of the 1031, use the power of reallocation of basis. And when you sell, always keep kind of something in the area. Don't totally ditch the area. The area has been good to you. Ca- Castlewood, and I, I wanted to say, I love Castlewood Forest. Cool yeah. homes, big lots. It's just, it's one of those diamond in the rough type of areas that's like, it. It's going to take a little while to get there. Oh, my God. So I had a client. This great story. Um, called me March 28th, 2020. 
Mm. Said, I want to buy a house. And I'm like, okay. I, you know, we're all scared. You know, we're hunkering down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here's the deal. Normally I take you in like the house. I'm just going to open the door and go sit in my car. I've known you for 15 years. I don't like you that much to die because mm-hmm. we didn't know what was happening. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So it was Castle of Forest. Had been on the market at 409. I'm sitting there and it was the first week of April. And I'm like, still isn't contract? What's going on? And this was while I'm doing my analytics and I'm watching pendings drop. Pendings mm-hmm. drop from the time the city closed till about April 10th. And then it started going bananas. Yeah. Once the governor said we could work and some other stuff. But this was really mm-hmm. kind of crazy because I'm sitting here and I'm running comps and I'm like, okay, guys, they're on the market at 409. I would tell you if this was February, 430. Mm. That's where we'd be writing the contract to get this house. Beautiful one owner, Castlewood Forest. There were 40 cedar elms on the property. Wow. Just tree lined, beautiful. And that's actually. Gigantic lots over there. It was on a HBO miniseries, the house was. Oh, no shit. So they, they used it for a site for four months. He's like, where do we write it at? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. And I'm like, the world's about to end. Give world's about to end. See what happens. I'm like, 385. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you serious? Shot a 385 over. I called the agent. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, we look forward to hearing back from you. And he's like, we got an offer. And I was like, well, wait, wait, you didn't have any other offers? They signed my offer as written. Oh, wow. Three months Cause later. Because they, 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 the they were just done. Give us the cash. Right they they wanted to be done. They were going to They signed God, it. That so, no, this gets better. The house appraised at 440. Wow. When we closed at the end of April. And then three months later, five the months world, later. Yeah. Was, oh, the house is probably in the mid 600s today. Then Elon Musk moves in in August, August of 2020. I know. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and this guy, and the guy who bought it is just like, I don't think I could have ever stepped in luckier poo. Mm-hmm. Than that timing, and he's like, they wanted to go by Westgate by Central Market, mm-hmm. and I talked them out of that area, the Western Trails area. Yep, because yeah. they were looking at bad flips over there. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's go find something original, mm-hmm. and go move into that versus something that's been hodgepodge with IKEA. And they that, love the house. That's where fortune favors favors the bold in, in real in real estate. And and John and I did our our own things. Maybe not so much on the investment side, but just as far as like what we we're doing with work. We were the the whole building here was like vacated. And mm-hmm. we're just like, well, if no one else is here, then we're going to be here. And we just kept moving. We told the staff, like, hey, if you want to come up here, let's rock out. and roll. Yeah, yeah we, we couldn't just do everything from home. It, it didn't work over to a while. But I do want to keep us on target here. Um, Chris, I want you to though. give us your shameless plugs. Please look deeply into the eyes of this camera and no. let everyone know, whichever one, uh, <laughs> let everyone know uh, where they can find you and what your, you know, what's your handles, anything that you want to declare on how people can find you. For yeah, absolutely. Podcast. My name is Christopher Jacob. I own Housing Report. You can find us on Facebook at Housing Report Austin. Uh, we're on Twitter at Housing Report. And we have a website that is, you know, coming soon, which is housingreportnews.com. Wonderful. I have let's put, let's put that on the screen. Yeah, we, it, it'll, it'll be on the screen. Te- I've got to send that over yeah. to uh, Homeboy. Um, also, uh, we do want to ask you to challenge another human being that you think will go well on this podcast they'll be entertaining uh to come on here look deeply into the camera again and challenge some motherfucker who deserves to be on here hey blake outlaw i know you let me go we talked about being group fired before i jumped on this blake is my mentor to this day i think blake outlaw would be great his experience in new home sales his consulting with development his work that he did with making people cash buyers i think he'd be a a treasure to have on this show. Wonderful. We're gonna go. Cha- on, we're gonna go chase you down, Blake. Blake, excuse me. Come on. Um, well, 
I'm Justin Rourke. This is John Martin. This is another great episode yeah, of Roughhousing yeah, Podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, Thank, you Thank you, guys. Thank you so Thanks, much, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, guys. Yeah.